Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Most men think they're God. This one just happens to be right. Which is a quote from the movie Bedazzled. And hi, that's today's movies. And hi, it's wow. the Bechdel cast. She did it. What's your name? <laughs> Oh my me? <laughs> yes. Who who that me? Was, yeah. No, I'm sticking with it. What's your name? <laughs> now it's aggressive. What if I was like, I'm the devil. I was hoping you would say that. Okay, yes. I'm the devil. What does she say? Like Beelzebub. She says like five hundred oh, different yeah. names. She's 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 basically singing Bohemian Rhapsody. She <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so the, to, you're in for it today because I have no fucking clue what's going on in this movie. There is this is a movie that I feel like could have only come out in 2000, mm-hmm. and it, I I'm like, did it make sense then? Because I was really <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. What's your what's your name? Oh right. Well, I'm Beelzebub. No, I'm uh, oh, okay. My name's Jamie. <laughs> my name's Caitlin. We're on a first name basis at this point. And uh, this is the Bechtel cast. This is where we talk about uh, movies from an intersectional feminist lens. And we also talk about Bedazzled. And mm. that's what we're doing today. Bechtel cast? More like Bedazzled. <laughs> Why is this movie called Bedazzled? We were talking about this before we got on mic. Mm. <laughs> I think it's because the devil, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Satan has the ability to bedazzle you with all you know riches and respect and love and all that a stuff. series of long sketches <laughs> in the middle of a movie yeah yeah i guess so i got that's as close as i got mm-hmm. anyways this is our podcast we use the the, the Bechtel test as a jumping off point for discussion that is a media metric invented by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel that requires that for our purposes, uh, two 
characters of a marginalized gender with names speak to each other about something other than Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And that's how the test is going to work today. And we'll just we'll just see what happens. <laughs> we will indeed. And I say, without much further ado, we introduce mm-hmm. our guest. Yes. A fan favorite, first of all. She's also a comedian actor. You know her from ABC's The Con, and she's the host of Scam Goddess Podcast. It's Lacey Mosley. Hi. Oh, welcome back. I would like to be addressed as Satan. (laughs) (laughs) It's got an accent mark, so it's Satan, not Uh Satan. Satan. (laughs) Okay, we're we're hitting the second syllable. (laughs) I. It's funny that y'all were talking about the title of this movie. I personally, I guess, because I was younger when it came out, I remember talking to my friends about it. I'd be like, Yeah, you know that that movie, but there's a what did I call it, Bebazeld? I was like, You know, Bebazeld. Maybe I was illiterate, but I'm like. Y'all know that movie Bebazel with the with the British devil. <laughs> That's honestly enough information to know what the movie is. Perfect plot. Uh, I'm so glad you brought us this movie because I had no idea this movie existed. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I'd never heard of it, and I thought that I like. I'm not like I'm not a I, I'm not like a Brendan Fraser fan, but I find him interesting as is like a anyone? person. I don't think so. It's and not I that think- I hate Brendan Fraser. It's just like, I don't know if people are like, oh, yeah, give me that Brandon. Like, I don't, <laughs> does someone have a poster of him in their wall? I don't know. He's like interesting because I just, I don't know. Anytime there's someone who is like, I look like a movie star, but I'm actually a character actor. I'm like, that's kind of interesting to me. But I had no idea this movie existed. Hmm. What is this thing? <laughs> there, uh, Lacey, how did, what, what is your history with Bedazzled? So my history with Bebazeld is <laughs> I remember seeing it with my cousin as a kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were pretty religious, but not like it was like I went to church a lot. But like as soon as my mom had full control over how much we went to church, then we like didn't go to church much. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. <laughs> you know, we hit, we hit the the bops. You know, we were there for the high holidays. We were there for, you know, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> the, 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 the cute moments, the Easter's, the Christmases, you know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, whenever <laughs> Jesus would come back, we would come back as uh-huh. well, basically. <laughs> Um, but so I remember watching it kind of like we were like sneaking and watching it um, much as we did Mm. most of the television that we watched and I remember having fun watching it much like when I was here from What Women Want which was a dumpster fire the one with Mel Gibson I was like I remember being like "Mm -mm, bitch this is good like so so I'm I'm, I was ready to love it yeah Mm -hmm. wow we've (laughs) The early two thousands, what a what a cursed. Time. It was really just a free for all. You could do all sorts of shit. That was our eighties. I mean, like we were wearing <laughs> yeah. skirts over leggings and mm. jout fits, and and so for some reason a flower in your hair anywhere. Like <laughs> I wore a flower in my hair to my senior prom. Please and thank you. I wore Love one to the that. club. There, <laughs> poor decision. I remember like being. I don't know. I guess like yeah, being a kid around this time, I I don't know why, but I have like a really strong memory of being on the school bus and having a T-shirt that had like a sassy little phrase on it that said like 90% angel, 10% devil mm-hmm. and thinking like there is never going to be a shirt cooler than this shirt. Like I was so <laughs> thoroughly convinced that early 2000s child fashion was going to be as good as we ever got. 
it was limited too, girl limited mm-hmm. too. oh it was great 90 percent angel 10 percent devil it fits perfectly with bedazzled <laughs> <laughs> also feels like a little horny for kid apparel I mean, like, maybe the devil's like yeah. a little devil, but I don't know. Did either of you wear weirdly horny kid shirts? Because I definitely, I had, I my fifth grade school picture, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, too young for Ashton, which is, mm-hmm. like, fucked up. Y- yeah. Oh, but my God. I, I snuck it to school. My mom didn't want me to wear it, but my aunt got it for me. My horny aunt was like, this is funny. And then I brought home the school pictures. <laughs> And now it's in your life forever. I love that. Your aunt is hilarious, but that shirt is. Who made that? Who was like, yeah, put put that on the screen. They were just selling that at like, I don't even know where it would have been, like the Macy's clearance section. Mm -hmm. They just had that shirt for kids. Like the shirt basically is like, I'm horny for Ashton, but he can't be horny back. (laughs) What are we saying? It's like, thanks for letting us know, 10 year old. I hope Ashton made some coin off of that. Because they just said Ashton. They didn't say Kutcher. So he probably out here getting smeared and he didn't even get a coin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Caitlin, what's your history of this movie? My history is literally I didn't know it existed before, sure, sure, sure. Um, before we started getting ready for this episode. This came out when I was in high school or I was like just about to enter high school so I was it was definitely on my radar and I I thought I had seen this movie but when I went to watch it to prep for this episode I'm like none of this is familiar to me except for one scene where he first wakes up as a Colombian drug lord (laughs) and he's figuring out that he can speak Spanish uh, because this clip is featured as a clip in the board game Seen It, if anyone remembers Seen Whoa. It. I do <laughs> remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. So that whole scene plays out, and then you're supposed to like answer like trivia questions about that clip or whatever in the game. Anyway, so that, I was like, okay, I've definitely seen that part of it. I think it must have been on at a sleepover or something like that, because I've like, bits and pieces of it were familiar to me, but I didn't I don't think I had seen the whole thing um you were too busy pillow fighting I I was too busy being 90% angel 10% devil (laughs) um but yeah so uh should we just get into the recap and then (laughs) I am so excited to hear you recap this movie yes please what is going to happen Uh, I was thinking about you while I was watching the movie I was like I just can't wait for Caitlin to do this Thank you. Uh, okay, so we meet Elliot. That is Brendan Fraser. He works at a tech company and he's a loser. He's a dork. He's annoying and nobody likes him. He's Brendan Frasering out at the mm. beginning. Like such a simp. Yeah, like he. this is Brendan Fraser at the beginning of a lot of movies. Right. He's like really loudly not fitting in. <laughs> I did, well, I kept thinking back to, so we recorded an episode on The Mummy, mm. 1999, a few years ago now, yeah. um, but our whole thing with that episode that he, is that he was like feral for mo- a lot of the movie because he like mm. surprise kisses Rachel Weisz and he's just like being this horny, feral like We love animal. a surprise kiss and by that I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. we don't. <laughs> In this movie, he gets surprise kissed by the devil. Mm-hmm. So I just kept thinking about like Brendan Fraser being feral and it kept making me laugh. Anyway. He's so confusing. So one evening he sees some people that he knows from work hanging out without him at a bar 
And then the woman that he has a huge crush on, who he also works with, or like she works in the same building or something, mm-hmm. Alison Gardner, that's Frances O'Connor, mm-hmm. she comes in and his coworkers kind of like egg him on to go talk to her because he's all like, yeah, she and I are like good friends. And he goes over to talk to her. She does not remember Elliot at all because it turns out they've only talked once briefly four years ago. Yeah. And then she walks away. But just then, Elliot comes upon a sexy woman in red. <laughs> yeah. It it does happen that quickly. Wait, really quick on Allison. I just, I was waiting the whole movie to be like, what is like one thing about, about Allison? Her? Mm. What is one thing about her other than she is, she seems to reflexively like many people who are being aggressively hit on, be nice to people instead of telling them to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I think, the one thing I know about her. Yeah. They didn't give us no information about her. She kind of looked like Mariah Carey, which I was like, maybe that's like, Ooh. you know, for the times, like Mariah, you know, Mariah's always popping. She owns Christmas. Um, move over, <laughs> Jesus. But um, <laughs> she's long booted Jesus off the manger. Um, it's just her and heels. But she, I was like, oh, maybe that was for the times. But also, I didn't like that like it gave such incel vibes of like this woman we don't know nothing about her it's like if you just saw a girl on instagram and was like that's my wife and it's like you've never (laughs) seen never talked to her we didn't even instagram will get more information at least she would have some captions we could look at like oh this bitch (laughs) like the sun okay she loves the beach all right like nothing yeah Mm -hmm. we know nothing about her yeah it's so weird yeah like slow-mo entrance shot and then we never learn to the point where like when she would show up in all these like later like fantasy sequences i would kind of sometimes be like wait who is that oh i guess it's that lady allison Mm -hmm. like i didn't recognize her because she was in those wigs she yeah (laughs) she was just in a bunch of wigs and i was like she's like she's fun but i'm like i don't who is this woman Mm -hmm. what is different about her she's passionate about wigs that's what we know (laughs) she loves a good wig so right he knows the way she likes to eat her bagels and that's all he knows about her and that's all we know about her yep but anyway so suddenly this very sexy woman in red is in the movie and she's played by (laughs) elizabeth hurley and there's something very peculiar about her because she's really good at pool and she seems to be omniscient and then she's like by the way brennan fraser i have the power to give you everything you've ever dreamed of and it's because i'm the devil teehee she's really fun as <laughs> she is the devil fun mm-hmm. like Naughty. even when it's fucked up she's still fun and she's like hot off of austin powers too it's like peak elizabeth hurley mm-hmm. because i'm like what if i can't i can't tell you what elizabeth hurley did after this no, she was very naughty. I also yeah. think that like yeah. having the devil be British was just like, mm. Mm. it just because I just can't imagine an American woman like, yeah, I'm the devil. So what's up? You want some wishes or not? Not me. Just doesn't sound as sexy as her. Yeah. Also, the fact that the devil is a genie. Oh, like there is so many leaps of logic where I'm like, oh, okay, I guess the devil is a genie, and she's obsessed with. Brendan Fraser because of a, a CD-ROM computer program that she has? Don't know. Right. 
Well, okay, so this movie is based on a 1967 uh, movie yeah. of the same name that Peter Cook and Dudley Moore were in and that who also co-wrote that movie, which was also an adaptation from the Faust legend, which admittedly I don't know anything about Faust. It definitely feels like something that's been adapted from other stuff because some things I'm like, huh? Right. What? Where did that come from? Like, what triggered the devil? Like, I don't, I didn't see him go like, oh, devil, I wish I could be with Allison. Like, it was nothing, there was nothing that triggered the devil. He goes, I, he's like, dear God, I would, I would do anything to be, so he basically prays to God saying like, I would do anything to be with this woman. And rather than God responding, so honestly, maybe this movie is commentary on like, where's God when you need him? Uh, because who shows up he's instead? In the third, is... He's at the end of the movie. <laughs> right, right. Yes. God is in this movie. I can't wait to talk about him. But um, so the devil is like, hi, I'm the devil. And he's like, what? So she has to prove it to him because, you know, Brendan Fraser doesn't believe women or devils. Well, she does like just kind of start accosting. I don't know. All the, their scenes together are like, what is this dynamic? And then at the end where he says like, you're the best friend I've ever had. I'm like, that's the saddest <laughs> that's thing so I've ever sad. heard in my life. <laughs> Not the devil, your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she hates you, man. She hates you so much. <sighs> She's just using <sighs> you to get your soul. <laughs> Such a weird story. So as I needed the help of Wikipedia to understand what was happening at the beginning. Cause the whole like intro is like, we see people being, it's like a very early 2000s computer program where it'll like mm. point at the person and then say five adjectives like it's the next bus or something. <laughs> I'm like, what? But apparently that's the devil's computer program, which yes. I didn't understand. What? Right? I was like, I didn't get that till the second viewing. I was like, so <laughs> the devil has a CD-ROM that tells her that Brendan Fraser is lonely? Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, because she's using it basically as like... Uh, kind of like an online dating site, but rather than to like find dates, it's to like find for candidates souls. for souls she can snatch up. And some of that language was just so early 2000s. I was like, this is like the shit you could get away with. Like they pointed at one woman and it was like, tease. And it's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's not, that's a word made up by men who wanted to have sex with somebody who did not want to have sex with them. That's right. not a thing. <laughs> So some of the points I was like, hmm, problematic. <laughs> yes, definitely. This is a very 2000 software program. Like it's so <laughs> not updated. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> it's running on fucking Windows 98. Like, <laughs> but then when it points at Brandon Fraser, it's like doormat, lonely, desperate, oblivious, eager to please. And I was like, wow, mm. feeling called out. <laughs> That's so brutal. And then a mil- he holds the door and a million people go inside. <laughs> yes. I was like, Brendan, you could have got in there. You could have stuck a yeah. toe in there. Seriously. Brendan, have some self-esteem. But then he does have self-esteem, but and it's really like aggressive at times. It's he's a is a it, weird mm, character. Yeah. Like he's either I feel like he falls kind of into that nerd stereotype of like, I'm gonna force people to like me, which is like, no, that's also scary. That's not a good approach. <laughs> right. I felt bad for that in uh, in his working group. First of all, shout out Orlando Jones. Yes. So funny. He's great, even though it's like he should have had more to do. But like there, I was glad he was there. And then there was also like token guys gal that was with them who Mm -hmm. was like, oh, like, oh, God, it was just like such a stock character. But I'm like, oh, I know who you are. Welcome. (laughs) 
You will never talk to another woman in this film, but she'll be there with the guys, but not everywhere. Because, like, was she ever in any of the cutaways? No, she was only in, like, (laughs) the non-wish, like, non-fantasy Why could she come to the fantasy? She was just as involved in his creepy-ass life. Right? She was just as she was just as much of a bully to Brendan Fraser as anyone else, <laughs> and she wasn't invited. <sighs> Rude. Damn, I didn't even that didn't even occur to me. I was just like, wow, guys, gal. They gave her like the guys, gal Daria jacket and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but she's not allowed to participate in most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so anyway, so um, he's like, I don't you you're not the devil. So she proves it to him by granting his wish of a Big Mac and a Coke. But it doesn't seem that impressive because she just takes him to McDonald's and he has to pay for it. But then she takes him to her nightclub where everyone seems to know him and love him. And then she presents him with this contract where she will grant him seven wishes because she's also a genie in exchange (laughs) for his soul. And because he really, really wants to be with this woman, Allison, he signs the contract And then she's like, okay, I'm going to give you this pager. If things aren't going the way you'd hope, just, you know, dial 666 and then we'll sort it out. Classic 2000s devil. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So what follows next is a bunch of sequences that I'm just going to kind of breeze through because I feel like we will break them down one by one in the discussion. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but basically there's all these sequences where he makes a wish. Things seem great at first, but then he discovers like a catch and then he has to page the devil and go back to normal until he makes his next wish. So the first one is that he wishes to be very rich and powerful and married to Allison. Cut to he is now <laughs> Colombian. okay um he lives in a mansion with his wife allison and he's rich and everything but the catch is allison hates him and is cheating on him and he got his wealth and power by running a drug cartel this is where i was like what the huh (laughs) there is this movie quickly becomes just a series of really long sketches yes where brendan fraser is doing the absolute most a person can do (laughs) like (laughs) it's just like a pile of wigs and a bunch of things happening and it's all 10 minutes long and at the end you're like huh Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's talking to the devil again right why did he have to have a prosthetic nose to be a colombian drug lord well i mean that's not all they do they put him in brown face (laughs) yeah they did oh god and that wig Mm, we'll get into Uh, it but (laughs) and that's like oh god they're all they're all like bad but all in like very distinct way it's kind of like a weird sampler plate of like problematic right 2000s shit <laughs> they find a new way to be extremely problematic with each new wish yeah uh so the next one is after he finds out that allison wants a sensitive man he wishes mm-hmm. to be the world's most sensitive man and for allison to be in love with him so we cut to him being super sensitive but the catch is that he's too sensitive and overbearing and she's turned off by it and leaves and it's him disgusting yes So his next wish is to be tall and strong and athletic. So the devil turns him into a pro basketball player. And Allison is now a sports reporter. 
and she's really horny for him. But the catch is he has a very small penis, which she sees because (laughs) he starts to undress in front of her in the locker room uh, as she's like trying to interview him as a sports reporter. But also she's like, yeah, like it's oh god the 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 like gymnastics the logic gymnastics the story goes to be like no she is actually telling him that he has to strip in front of her <laughs> in the locker room because that's what sports reporters do and it's like that's, it's oh boy it's a mind fuck but uh, yeah. so she sees his small penis and now she is not interested in him so mm. then his next wish is to be really smart and educated and witty and sophisticated and for Allison to fall in love with him and that he has a big penis so cut to him being a renowned writer who's very charming and cool and everyone likes him. And then he meets Allison at some event and they hit it off. But the catch here is that when they go back to his place, it turns out that Elliot is gay and has like a male partner uh, <laughs> and is not actually interested in Allison. <clears throat> More gymnastics so later that, on yes, that. So yes. that's one... <laughs> Uh, So the next wish is he wants to do something good for mankind and to create a better world and do something important. So he wishes to be the president of the United States. So the devil makes him President Lincoln right before he's about to be assassinated. Mm -hmm. Uh, He comes out of that wish. And now he only has one wish left because the devil is counting the Big Mac and Coke as one of his wishes. And he's like, you know what, devil, the deal is off. And he goes to a church (laughs) to talk to God. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) But there he gets arrested. And in jail, he meets God. A black man in jail. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Message. Uh. <laughs> and he's just like talking to Brendan Fraser about like his soul and his life and stuff like that. What if God were one of us? And you're just like, <laughs> interesting tale. <laughs> I know. The only thing more cliche could have been him on a bus. Uh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, gosh. God. So then he gets out of jail and he goes to the devil's club And he's like, you know what? I don't want my last wish. But the devil freaks out and sends him to hell or something. So, Oh, my God. And then the (laughs) hell has terrible uh, special effects. (laughs) Yep. It's so brutal. When Elizabeth Hurley gets gigantic, but she still has the Austin Powers hair. And she's like, (laughs) I'm going to send you to hell forever. You're like, oh, I need a drink. I need (laughs) anything. Yes. So then she like basically forces him to make a wish. So he, his last wish is he wishes that Allison have a happy life. And then suddenly he and the devil are like in a courthouse. Mm -hmm. And she explains that the contract that he signed states that if a person commits a selfless act of redemption, like wishing for someone else's happiness, it voids the contract which means the deal is off and he gets to keep his soul. (laughs) So Elliot returns to his normal life. He asks Allison out, which is just what he should have done at the beginning of the movie. Um, Right, not sell your soul. (laughs) 
<laughs> but oh no, Allison's seeing someone. But it's okay because he goes home and his new neighbor is a lady who looks exactly like Allison. Oh god. Except she's <laughs> so quirky that it's a miracle she's alive. <laughs> like <laughs> Like, oh my god, it's like if Zoe De Chanel in 2006 were at like a 40. I was uh. like, she was just like, My name's Nicole, but you can call me Nikki. And then he's like, Wow, I'm in love as hell. Then she trips and she drops all her papers. <laughs> yeah, it's like Hillary Dove's like all of that in one character that we meet for 45 seconds, and we're supposed to be like, Wow, I love this character. I'm like, this men wrote this character, and that's just a fact. Also, it just suggests that, like, it doesn't matter what a woman's personality is, as long as she looks exactly like that woman, Brendan Fraser will be in love with her. But there's a lot of men who are like that. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yikes. Ugh. I know. I was like, I, it's really like, I don't know. I've, the, uh, well, that is, um, <laughs> Like, this movie really rewards Brendan Fraser's character for, like, not being violently angry that he's rejected by Allison. And then they're like, all right, all right, all right. He can be lonely for, like, 10 more minutes. And then we have to give him a girlfriend because he's earned it. Which is just, like, that whole, like, nerd narrative that, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I feel, I'm like, that's why Jeff Bezos exists, probably, is, like, this whole narrative. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so he falls in love with new Allison instead. And then there's a shot of the devil playing chess in the park with God. God. (laughs) The movie ends. So let's take a quick break and we'll come right back to discuss. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, 
and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Lacey, would you like to start anywhere in particular? I mean... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... Things, I'm just, these are going to be some random things and then we can get into the things things. Mm -hmm. So the Devil's Club was called DV8 uh, and it was like DV with an 8. With a numeral Mm -hmm. 8. Yeah. I was watching when they went in the club, like the screens, because you know, they had people in the pool, people Mm -hmm. dancing, da 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 da. And then they had these screens of like, you know, like devil shit. (laughs) And it was all just brown or black or ethnic people dancing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, there's no there's no reason these Negroes should have all this rhythm. It must be the devil. I'm like, why is this in the back? <laughs> like, it wasn't no white people like doing the cha-cha or the or, you know, the the goddamn foxtrot. None of that. Just just black people and brown people, indigenous people dancing. I was like, hmm, curious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are the random details? Oh, him, the whole, like, him aggressively trying to be friends with all these people who hate him. There was a fun moment where he walks up to a guy who's like, I don't know if offices have these anymore, but he was at a coffee machine. And when the guy sees Brendan Fraser walking up, he starts stabbing the coffee machine real hard. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, like, get the coffee real fast. He's like, oh, no, he's coming. And I was just like, everyone hates this man this much at the office. Like, God damn. Yeah. I just, like, I want to know why I... Not to be like, his co-workers are probably right. But, like, d- do they just hate him for no reason? Like, I've, I would like to know why they dislike him so much. Because maybe they have an amazing reason of why they don't want to hang out with him. He, he seems did to- one thing. I was going to say he did one thing that I would be like, bitch, I hate you. Um, <laughs> The girl came in, and I think she was late. And he was like, oh, girl, you're late? Like, he was, like, yelling mm-hmm. in. I'm like, mm-hmm. bitch, if you... Constantly seven minutes late everywhere I go. I dare somebody to comment on it. Seven is the perfect amount. No one can get mad about seven minutes. Eight, yes. Ten, angry. Five, mm, seven, sweet spot. I was reading that as he was imitating their boss because later on 
their boss says mm-hmm. the same thing to him. So I think he was like trying to be like, haha, look how funny I am. I'm like saying to you what our boss says to us. Look at us relating. And then she just flips him off. Something else he did that was also like, fuck you, dude, is he, I don't know his colleagues' names. I did not bother to write them down or I figure I don't think them the out. movie really tells you. <laughs> right. We got the black guy. We got the skinny guy. We got the girl who only hangs out with guys because girls are too much drama. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but one of them, like, he's the one who, Brendan Fraser's like, let's go to the brewery and check out the ladies. And the guy's like, dude, I'm married. And then Brendan Fraser's like, oh, yeah, I see you're, like, taking a train to whipville or whatever he says he's basically like you're whipped and then he and the guy's like it, you're not funny please leave me alone which is like <laughs> fair enough there i don't it, it's so weird because it's like i don't know brendan fraser plays everything so broadly that you're kind of yeah. like yeah i get why people don't like him <laughs> but also he's like not specific enough for you to feel like oh i can relate to yeah. somebody being this annoying it's like i don't know it was hard to root for him it was also like i guess i could root against you i don't mm-hmm. I, I had no feel i was like ambivalent the whole time about what he was doing right it was like mm. yeah it really is a movie that you're kind of on no one's side and you're just kind of hanging out to see what <laughs> what the next sketch is. I wasn't really rooting for anybody. I don't know. Right. Yeah, no one. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for the devil, but that's just me. Also, representation, like, oh, okay, we're going to have a woman be the devil. Mm-hmm. But of course, God is a man. And it's like, God is definitely not a man. Like... <laughs> Men have done so much horrible shit on this goddamn planet. There's no way in hell. So that kind of gave me that thing of like, look at the devil being a temptress, being a woman. The reason that men fall is because of hot mm-hmm. women who are evil. Yeah. I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, I agree. I th- I think that the so this is a uh, Harold Ramis movie. It's written by three old white guys mm-hmm. uh, all at once, and. <laughs> Shocker. I know. Yeah. You would never guess by how the characters are. Uh, But it's like, (laughs) I think that they thought they were doing something by having the devil be a woman. I think that they thought they were doing something like subversive and interesting when they were kind of just like not doing that. Like, I, and I, it's, it's it's not even anything against Elizabeth Hurley. I think for like the part that she's given, she does great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, she's fun to watch. She plays parts, like these parts really well. I also, like, kind of unrelated, but I didn't realize how Elizabeth Hurley first became famous, which is also kind of like this weird kind of misogynist story of she was, she was Hugh Grant's girlfriend in the early 90s. Mm. And she wore, a dress like I guess a really like I don't know it was made out to be like a scandalous dress to the premiere of four weddings and a funeral and then all of a sudden she was like famous she like wore a dress one time oh and they were like oh Hugh Grant's girlfriend let's see what's going on with this like this woman and then all of a sudden she was kind of like skyrocketed to fame it was very weird like 
Maybe I need to date a celebrity. I'm, I'm working too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'll get out there. I'll put my... I put my titties out these days. Everybody's so naked all the time. I don't even. I think I would have to wear like a full cocoon suit or something to get myself seen. Because Cardi B out here just putting tape on and was like, ta da! Right. So that's not shocking anymore. Damn, what am I gonna do? I don't know. But this is this is. It's weird. It's like she she had been like an actor before. Like she had been acting and she like been on TV. She'd been in movies, but like hadn't nothing had really happened until people started being like, look at her body. Look at Hugh Grant's girlfriend body and then all of a sudden she was extremely famous which was like that doesn't <laughs> she uh, it's just i don't know it's a little depressing Man, that was back in the day when that worked <laughs> that doesn't work anymore because um i remember eva mendez got famous kind of like that she was in will oh. smith's video and then they right. were like who is that beautiful latina woman and then you know eva mendez started getting her some jobs mm -hmm. so Man, I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> Good old raw misogyny. <laughs> it really worked out for some people. It did. <laughs> And it's like no hate to Elizabeth Hurley. I think she plays the part like really funny she's and so well. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's per but it's just like it is written to be like, wow, what if the what if the devil wanted to have sex with you, you regular guy? And mm -hmm. it's like, is that like what really? What was that about? Why did she kiss him like unsolicited like that? Because she didn't want to fuck him. So it was like, what is the point of why are you kissing on this man? I guess it was. I, I it it comes back to the whole bedazzling thing. That was her way of like. <laughs> Because she's like, yeah, she's like, uh, she's a temptress. She's a succubus. She's trying to lure him in. I think, yeah, the succubus thing is like really at play there too. Like, yeah. I don't know. You're just like, uh, I don't, I, I'm, I like that it's Elizabeth Hurley and yet it is still pretty sexist. Like, and then the <laughs> right. way that she acts too and like the way that they write her dialogue, you're like, oh, she doesn't. I wish she didn't have to say that. <laughs> I wish she didn't have to say that. Also, that reminds me of like, if you ever watch the end of the Bring It On series, there's a, like one of the, you know how a movie is like famous and then like they'll make some more and they just become uh -huh. like B, C movies. <laughs> yes. There's one where there's like a black girl in a scene where I was fully like, oh my God, did she read the script? Did they change it before? The white girl was like, you don't know her. She's very ghetto. She does drive-bys and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this Poor black girl, why is she in this scene? So I feel like that same way about Elizabeth Hurley mm -hmm. in this. But I also want to say they missed a chance to actually pass the Bechtel test when she was making out with Brendan on the table. And it was these two ladies oh. sitting at the table. Mm -hmm. If they had just been like, damn, what's this lady doing? I don't know, sis. I guess you want another vodka tonic? Something. <laughs> they were just like, scram, get out of here, other women. Don't talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> Only one woman in a scene at a time. <laughs> That is really the rule of the movie. Like, it's really bleak. I don't know. It's uh, We don't have enough tampons for two women in the scene at a time. <laughs> Only one. Oh. And also, like, she, I don't know. Yeah, like, she, I, I get, like, she's also the devil. So it's not like I'm, like, expecting her to be, like, very respectful to other women. Like, she's the devil. I get it. But the, the things that they like decide to be like oh like let's go let's look at allison while she's naked let's do this let's oh. do that it's like the setups are really like let's exploit the only other women in the woman in the movie who we we don't know 
a single thing about anything about mm-hmm. and i think they were like but it's okay because the devil who is a woman told him to go peek at her in the shower he didn't want to do yeah. it mm-hmm. he said no because he respect bitches but she said get in there and look at them titties in the shower yeah <laughs> And he's like, well, another woman said it was okay, so it must be allowed. <laughs> right. Like, Wait, while we're there, the the, the peeping Tom scene, mm-hmm. um, when they read her diary, I really wanted to throw up. <laughs> the most generic. Oh I have a journal. I write. Yeah. And it's never like... Dear diary, I just want a man who's so sensitive. <laughs> you know, uh, like I was talking about men yesterday and the day before because I just love men and it's all I think about. Like, <laughs> that's another scene where you're like, oh, three old white guys. Got it, got it, got it. Because right. it's like, this, Allison is supposed to be like, in her 30s, 30s right yeah like and she's just yeah. like dear di-, like that's that's the fictional diary of an 11 year old it's so <laughs> fucking weird like as told by ginger like it's so <laughs> Gosh. I just wanted to shout out the uh, the devil's license plate bad one. Oh, pretty sure. fun, mm-hmm. pretty good, mm-hmm. very good. Good, yeah. Um, should we just go through each of these wishes and unpack mm. them? Because there's oh. mo- some of them are like whatever, but like there's quite a few that there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, the ones that are bad are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up everyone we're we're unpacking the wishes okay so the, obviously the first the big mac and coke nothing really to say there fun product except placement. for right except for mcdonald's product placement aggressive product placement though not only yes. was it they walked in mcdonald's they made the full order they told us the price then they walked out of McDonald's and he had the McDonald's bag and he opened the bag up and he said, I ain't even getting no French fries. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it though. And then yeah, he the literally is like, so it's delicious. <laughs> it's so, I, uh, I, I never think product placement isn't so funny. Cause it's like, do you really think I didn't know like that? And I, and also I was like, damn, McDonald's costs, Three fifty for a whole meal twenty oh, years ago. I know, wild. It was aggressive though. They were like, "Look, McDonald's was like, yeah, no, we don't want just a mention. We want a three-part series. <laughs> we want George <laughs> of the Jungle to say that his Big Mac is the best meal he's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's great. Several and times. I guess that happens in different. I like read through the Wikipedia page of the original one, and it seems like generally like. I mean, I might watch it and then uh, take this back, but it seems like the setups are less problematic than the 90s one. Mm. Um, but it's the same deal. They like go to get some food or but it, he's at a he's at a yeah. diner. He wants a raspberry lolly or something. It's all very British. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the fir- technically the first wish. The second one is him wanting to be rich and powerful and to be married to Allison. We already touched on this in the recap, but the devil's like situation that she puts him in is that he is a Colombian drug lord. Uh, which means that they put Brendan Fraser in brown face. They put a prosthetic mm-hmm. nose on him. They visibly darken his skin. Mm-hmm. They darken his hair. Uh, he's got brown eye contacts in, and he is fully in brown face. Yeah, because you know there aren't white Colombians. That's not a thing. 
they're not white Colombians. Right, like, Ooh, like there are y'all. There are. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's so fucking frustrating because it's like there are because I feel like there's a number of things that are going on. The most egregious of which are the prosthetic and the brown face, but also Brendan Fraser's performance is like really pretty broadly offensive in the way that he's playing yeah. it too. Like there's just nothing about this setup that is right not fucked up like and it's uh, and i'm yeah. sure in his eyes because he's a character actor you know how those types are it's like oh they made me over they <laughs> they put a nose on my face and i had to lay in a tanning thing for hours as they painted my raw skin and you know he's thinking he's like really getting into it and it's like mm-hmm. like what are you talking about like <laughs> right and like also the allison fantasy character is also playing a colombian woman and it it didn't seem like they altered her appearance much beyond like putting her in a dark haired wig, but her performance is also very over the top and very rooted in a lot of stereotypes of Latinx women. Uh, it it's also like it. I mean, it goes without saying. I would be truly shocked if any Colombian person was spoken to about this no, scene, like or consulted in not. any way. Like they were. Which I feel like almost ties into, like, by the 90s, the kind of, like, the Harold Ramis kind of sense of humor is, like, it's showing the where. Like, it's it looks dated even in 2000 that they're doing right. this shit. And that it's, like, kind of, especially with comedy directors, I feel like once you reach a certain, like, point in your career, if it's obvious if you're not, like, listening to the fact that times are changing. Because it was just so, like... Well, there's, Ugh, it's so there's nothing gross. wrong with him being a Colombian drug lord, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with him speaking Spanish in the scenes, and, and even having the wig, because that's like how you know the stereotype is of like what people wear their hair like there. It's just like because there are white people in Colombia, there's black mm-hmm. people in Colombia. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so it's not like he couldn't be white Brendan yeah. Fraser. That's why it was weird they painted him. <laughs> Like yeah. gave him a fake nose. Right. That was unnecessary. He could have just been Colombian. And that would we wouldn't have been like, that's weird. Like, there are mm-hmm. white Colombians. So I was just like, mm. <laughs> Right. Lord Jesus. Yes. It was so like is they they didn't need to do it and yet they But Orlando did. Jones always makes me laugh. And I don't know how I remember this scene from <laughs> well, I was probably eight the first time I saw this. Was um Orlando Jones is behind him when they get to like the whole drug lord scenario where yeah. like things are going south with the Russians and they Orlando mm-hmm. turns around at one point and his under his nose is just like all <laughs> white from cocaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like so much cocaine that, that you'd probably die if you snorted that much at once. Yeah. But he turns around so <laughs> casually and like I could just tell that Orlando didn't have a lot to work with, but he was like, listen, I'm going to be in this movie, okay? I'm about to... uh, Can I do this? You know what I mean? Like, he was giving. He was giving back there, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. Yeah, this scene was... Because it was like, it's clear that they're, like, parodying, like, uh, like, it seems like they're almost parodying, like, a soap opera, like, a hyper, like, intense... I don't know, like... Or all those movies you know about. There's so many movies about the Colombian drug lord, and, you know, Mm -hmm. so they were doing that. Yeah, because all of these like cutaway sketches are kind of like a parody or a reference right. to something right. else. They were like, can we do not another teen movie, but for other movies, but also it's bedazzled? <laughs> right. And you won't know why it's called bedazzled no matter how much time passes. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it, the the brown face and the prosthetic is like fucking what? 
So yeah, that uh, that's like that's our foray into these wishes. So it like right, and then you're like, oh, we've got six more of these. <laughs> let's see what happens. Oh yeah. Um. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the rest of them. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Let's get into the second one. Yes. Okay. So this one is Brendan Fraser wishing to be the most sensitive man in the world. And there's some lead up to this that we we also touched on. But like there's some important discussion to be had here. 
where so in order to find out that Allison wants a sensitive man he is complicit in stalking her invading her privacy which he was doing anyways like which that's the other thing is like it's frustrating that the devil is like giving him permission to continue stalking her because we know at the beginning of the movie he already was he's like I know how she eats bagels even though I've never spoken to her I'm like okay so you've (laughs) been stalking her it's not like you're a nice guy because you're like should I stalk her now it's like You've been doing that. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, she can't see you. So it's fine. So it's fine <sighs> that if yeah. you peep at her in the shower and he's like, well, you called me a, lo- a desperate loser, so I might as well live up to that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he's successful at seeing her naked, but he definitely, not for a lack of trying. He definitely tries. Yeah. So then we cut to the wish and he's super sensitive. Allison does not like how sensitive he is. And she ends up going off with this, like, tough, macho jock guy who... who doesn't care about her at right. all. <laughs> you know how women are if you care about them. They don't want that. Treat them like huzzies. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just like, God, the writers are telling on themselves so hard in this one. It's so... Right. It's, like, it's their and- bitterness for women that's just, like, jumping onto the page. It's like, women don't <laughs> like when you when you respect them. They like when you come and you're like, hey, ho, bitch, get in my car. <laughs> like, what are you saying? My van. I just, in, my, like, oh, in my van. Man. It was a Van. He had a van. <laughs> he was like, come drink beers in my van with my four friends. It's not weird. And she's, and like, she's like, I love that. Finally. I love that for me. Uh, like, <laughs> love that for me. The whole, like, yeah, this whole, I guess this whole sketch relies on the assumption that women hate when men are, like, emotionally vulnerable. Right. He also kind of looks like Jughead from Riverdale in this sequence. He's wearing like a little red wig. Yeah, I guess like person with red hair equals sensitive. sensitive? <laughs> Look, I love Ginger. So the Ginger community should really rise up and be angry about this. <laughs> <laughs> when is someone going to speak out about this scene in the dazzled? Yeah, just like, oh, she, first of all, it, it, especially in scenes like this it really you really feel how little you know about allison because you're like is this how the real allison feels like no because her diary said the opposite so like why is this even happening that she's now acting the exact it's so weird it's so weird making her awful like before the colombian drug lord scene she's like cheating on him and like openly like rubbing her spanish or english teacher's booty hole like in front of him (laughs) then and and then in this one she's like get away from me i'm gonna hang out with these creeps in their van (laughs) like what is this woman a nice lady is she is this just the dream scenario that's changing her person because it doesn't change his personality but it changes her personality in every one Right. Yeah. In a way that like victimizes Brendan Fraser and like makes him a victim of her behavior when it's like, that's not even her. It's so weird. Right. Well, because he doesn't know anything about her, he's just sort of like projecting what he assumes she might be like into each of these fantasies, I guess. Because, yeah, she's so wildly inconsistent from like wish to wish. But then in her diary, she says like the opposite yes. right before you see this scene. So you're like, why mm-hmm. Why am I even watching this scene? I know that's not what she thinks. She, right. she thinks like she's an 11 year old girl writing in a <laughs> unicorn diary about like wanting to marry Daniel Radcliffe. Like that's how I'm like. right because this this wish basically suggests that like 
women don't actually know what they want. She thought she wanted a sensitive man, but as soon as she finds one, she doesn't. And she just wants to be with the same type of like aggro, toxic masculinity dude that she's probably been with before. And then after they get out of that wish and Brendan and the devil are talking, he's like, I'm starting to think that women don't really know what they want. And the devil's like, bingo. And it's like a movie for that. It's called what women want. (laughs) (laughs) Where all the women in the movie know what they want. (laughs) Yep. Yes. And loudly tell. Yeah. Mel Gibson. (laughs) Mel Gibson. Yo, but I love that they also tried to honor the mistake they made with her leaving him by being like, she's like, I love you, but you're too sensitive. And it's like, what do you, so you love him, but you're not going to be with him. I guess you love some people. It, you're not mm. with him. Oh, it, it just, so nothing makes sense. It yeah. also just like, granted his emotional sensitivity is like turned up to an 11 and he, he's being a lot in a way that would mm-hmm. also annoy me. <laughs> The way Anyone. he's behaving. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but even so, the movie, it makes an emotionally sensitive man just seem like weird and pathetic. And annoying. And, and annoying. Like, yeah. and... So it's like toxic masculinity of like, buck up. Nobody wants to see you cry. Like, yeah. Right. Right. And it's like the less you care about this girl, the more likely she is to want to fuck you. Because she says, I just want to be with a man who will ignore me and take me for granted and who's only pretending to be interested in who I am and what I think so that he can get into my pants. And the guy's like, yep, that's me. And nobody yeah. wants that. No, like <laughs> you're, you're those men are tricking women. Do you see how you said like she pretends that he pretends to be interested? No woman is that meta that right. she's like mm, he pretended to be interested in me honey Ooh, <laughs> wop, wop, my pussy's so wet now like what <laughs> <laughs> they're being tricked <laughs> they're not in on it don't no. be trying to say women are in on the trick we're not in on it no. there's so much yeah there's like so much weird logic going on that's like if somebody robbed your house and they were like but you knew you was leaving town so i could rob you no <laughs> And then it's like, oh, well, do you want guys to act like Brendan Fraser's acting in this scene? You're like, no, I don't know what he's doing. Like, <laughs> right. I have no idea what he's I think he's supposed to be like this caricature of like man emotions. But I'm like, no, it. Like, so there's got to be somewhere, somewhere between the these two characters. The yes. not, not a man who every time he sees the sunset is like ugly crying. Like, <laughs> that's a lot. Just like right. not a person that exists. It's so, uh, so bizarre. It's just, it's a fucking weird one. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that's that so one. So that's that one. <laughs> now it's time for Brendan Fraser oh as god. a pro basketball player. Oh my god. <clears throat> All right. Why did they make him albino? Why does he have nappy hair? What um, is happening with what? his? <laughs> the, I could not really understand what they were going for. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> was he supposed to be like still blackface, but but albino face Dennis Rodman? I, I am confusion. They're like, we do an albino. Mark? The black people can't say nothing. <laughs> Like, also, there are good white basketball players. He couldn't have been Dirk Nowinski and just had like a lot of hair in his face and been still very sweaty. Why he have to have an afro? I was confused. Mm, I, yeah. <laughs> it was another thing that was like, you didn't need to do, like, you so easily could have just not done something. Like, 
uh, right. would have still known he was a basketball player. I guess they were trying to say like he's a black basketball player because I guess they get all the women. I don't know what they were trying to say with that. All the basketball players get chased. I, it's almost like the filmmakers were like, okay, well, even though we did brown face, we can't do blackface. But let's get as close as we can get to that without actually doing blackface. The albino face. <laughs> I, no one will know. Like we, you know, black people. I got a lot of people in my family. What you? We know that. We know what you're doing. Yeah. It was, and then yeah. I think they had to. Now I'm starting to realize why it was albino face was because the whole dick joke was supposed to be like black guys have big dicks. So right. he, you would automatically think because he's a huge basketball player that he's gonna just have like a, the shong, which like was such a big focus of a lot of these wishes. Which I don't. That's such a man thing because I'm like. They act like all women are like, oh, yeah, we love a huge penis. That is the Ugh. assumption that this movie yeah. is operating on. Um, and I, okay, so I have a whole thing about penis size. Ready? I'm about wow. to say penis a thousand times. Yeah. Okay, okay. Ready. <laughs> okay, so in this scene, because Allison assumes that he has a big penis, uh, she's very interested in that and that alone. Because also... Brendan Fraser as this character can like barely string a sentence together right. uh, and that's like part of the joke that he just like can't really form thoughts so but she's super interested in him because of this assumption that he because he's so tall I guess and he has that hair <laughs> and he has that hair yeah. he's black adjacent <laughs> he's black. <laughs> That he that he must have a large penis. Uh, and then as soon as she discovers that he does not, uh, that he seems to have what, again, we don't see it on screen, but it is heavily implied that it is a very small penis. Um, yeah. She becomes disinterested and runs away. So, <laughs> so many. So things. here we go. Shaming of penis size, particularly how we as a society shame small penises. This is something that happens a lot today still. It happens in a lot of circle. Like it just it seems to be something that is still very just socially acceptable to do. And I feel like and not it's gross. not a, and it's, and it's not enough people talk about why shaming small penises or micro penises is very harmful and wrong and not feminist. So I just mm-hmm. want to go through a few things here where Obviously, first of all, it's wrong to just simply body shame someone for something that they have no control over. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like the core of it. But there's more to it than that, which so shaming small penises in order to attack a person's manhood, which is like usually why anyone does that Mm -hmm. means that we as a society value large penises. And because we we as a society associate penis size to be connected with a person's manliness and masculinity, meaning like the bigger the penis, the more masculine a person must be. And because characteristics like aggressiveness are also associated with masculinity, it basically means that by shaming small penises, we are inadvertently condoning and valuing toxic standards of masculinity like aggression. So like our obsession with large penises and by and we i mean like society is basically akin to we also love toxic masculinity so yeah i mean and i think that there's like that goes with like there's a number of body parts you can apply that to i mean you can like apply that to like boobs as well and like 
like valuing people on the size of their boobs or like, you know, deciding how immediately interested someone would be based on your body or like your boobs, your butt. Like there's so many physical characteristics that we've like associated with like desirability that is like, I mean, demonstrably untrue (laughs) for most people. Mm -hmm. Right. And also I, I kind of, it opened my eyes to this a little bit more when I started to think about the trans men in my life. And they were like, when you talk about people's penis size, it's like, it's really transphobic. And I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. So like, there's just so many angles to this. And also I do want to make one clarification about the albinism that I was talking about. Albinism can occur across different races. I was specifically saying that this albinism that they were doing was a black man, because if you look at the texture of his hair, it is very typical of that of an African American. Like they make, they made him like have deep coils, like 4C hair. And that's why Mm -hmm. I was like, is this an albino black person? So I just wanted to clarify that because it's not like albinism just belongs to black people. But I was like, this is, mm, I know what's happening here right i honestly didn't pick up on that the first time i saw it and it wasn't until the second time that i'm like no fucking way why is his hair like that yeah Yeah. that's how a lot of people with albinism who are black their hair looks so i was Mm -hmm. like "Mm." and then like the association with the big penis and yeah it's because he's tall and stuff it's also because they tried to make you think like oh he's black but not in blackface so Mm -hmm. mm. and then on top of that i mean you have like so many gendered stereotypes going on with Allison in this scene where it's like there's an assumption that she could not possibly want to be a sports reporter because she likes sports it has to be because she's trying to fuck somebody right Mm -hmm. and then on top of like that she's like she is sexually harassing him in the locker room room. (laughs) like she's absolutely (laughs) harassing him and pressuring him to get naked in front of her and just like there's just so like it's just it's Mm -hmm. just zeros across the board i feel like that happened because they were like look we can't do another scene where she sees the penis is small we got to get it all out at the at this uh (laughs) at this venue we got one uh, location and so they're like we gotta she's got to see the penis somehow here so they decide to make her like so aggressively inappropriately horny that she's like basically like show me your dick right right now right now it makes no sense um but yeah like you were saying Lacey, uh like society's obsession with penis size ignores a lot of trans men because it assumes that all men have a penis and it ignores a lot of trans women because it assumes that anyone with a penis is a man this goes for a lot of non-binary people as well just a lot of people who are not a cisgender man and it also, again, shaming small penises stigmatizes the bodies of intersex people mm-hmm. because when an intersex baby is born with a micro penis, doctors will often remove it and surgically turn the genitals into a vagina and just basically try to make the baby a female baby because of society's obsession with like you know the gender binary and the sex binary um and doctors will do this without anyone's consent and like before the baby could realize how they feel yeah years before yeah and this of course leads to a lot of trauma for many intersex people so again this just like tendency to demonize or make fun of small penises ends up being really harmful to a lot of people directly and or it contributes to a larger just like cultural toxicity because like I've seen a lot of otherwise compassionate and progressive people be like oh this person sucks and he probably has a tiny 
dick. And like, I've been guilty of it myself. I regret ever having done that. And so I just want people to know that like, insulting or shaming someone by saying they have a small penis is something that's still happening a lot and it is not okay yeah so I just wanted to like lay that all out there because I don't think this is something we've talked about on the podcast but no I I think that that's a really good thing to bring into the conversation because yeah it's like we we try to talk about like the ways that hyper masculinity is like stylized and kind of forced into media Mm -hmm. um and that like if you don't fit a very specific I don't know, like, yeah, very binary form of masculinity that is based on really just shit that men have made up over the years. Right. Uh, that that you are like lesser than and that you should feel inherent shame. And then all the shit that that leads to and all the problems that that leads to for for people and for the people in their lives. Like, yeah, yeah. I hate mm-hmm. that I hate that it was bedazzled that made us talk about it, but here we are. <laughs> right. I am glad we're talking about bedazzled, it. Bedazzled, a think piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I, I, I pulled a lot of this information from um an article in everydayfeminism.com that we will link to in the show notes because it's worth awesome. reading more about. But um yeah, I uh I just wanted to bring that up because as soon as like shaming of small penis size comes up in the movie bedazzled i was like all right here's the chance to talk about this and then it immediately comes up again in the (laughs) next scene where it's like uh whatever brendan fraser's talking to elizabeth hurley again and he reacts defensively because he's feeling this like shame from this offensive sketch that he just appeared in and Mm -hmm. it like uh (laughs) (laughs) Leave people alone. Seriously. Movies. Leave everybody alone. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the next wish where he, again, like a lot of these wishes are like, you know, there's the catch that the devil, there's always some catch. So he has to like course correct and like make sure he's very careful with his language and like what he wishes for on the next wish. So this next one is like, okay, I don't want to be this like bumbling basketball player. I want to be really articulate and sophisticated and yeah, make sure I don't have like give me a big penis. Um, and then the catch for this one is that um, even though he is like talking to Allison and they seem to be hitting it off. He does not seem to know that he's gay until he goes home and sees his partner there, which is like one of the actors who's like been recurring in all of these sketches. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm gay. And then that's the, Uh. that's the catch. That's the deal breaker. Like that's the thing that is presented as being just as unappealing as like being shot at because you're a drug Lord. So, there's we so hate it. I, I think in a way they it. were, and I don't want to defend these gross guys. I think they were being like, we will never be with her because you don't want to. But it doesn't work because he's attracted to her. He talks to her. He likes her. He takes her home to bed her. And then they have this moment where it's like, well, kiss me so I can see if I'm really gay. And it's like, that's not how sexuality works. Like, no, what? it also like eliminates the any any possibility that you could be bi. Like, there's right. no like, world clearly you in which... are bi. <laughs> like, what? it's 
so aggressively binary. The partner that he's coming home to is also written in these really broad what stereotypes. What a stereotype. Like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Why do mm-hmm. they give him that wig? Like, every gay man knows everything about theater. and like, Yeah, and then, yeah, for him to know something about theater, it's like, bingo, gotcha, you know theater. Homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... There are plenty of straight people who do theater. I know them. Like, mm-hmm, and even if right. they are gay or if they're on the spectrum, because we're all on some sexual spectrum. Look, there's somebody out there who yes. would do it for you. You may just have never met him. Um, <laughs> so, like, to be like, oh, well, he knows musicals, and he kissed her, and his penis didn't get hard. Like, what? The math that they did just was not mathing. Mm. None of the math was mathing. <laughs> like, at, at least I was like, ugh, at least that scene was, like, mercifully not extremely long the way a lot of the scenes Mm. were but it was like god we were building up to that like just every sketch in this movie is a different flavor of really dated offensive stereotypes yes like yeah yeah i think the only reason that one wasn't longer was because that's all that they probably knew about gay people even in the terms of stereotypes they're like okay we know they like show tunes we know they don't (laughs) have sex with women uh, what else you got? Nothing? Okay, we'll make this a half a page. <laughs> like, All right, next scene. <laughs> like, they just didn't have yeah. any more stereotypes to write in. Right. Like, and a bob. Give him a bob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh what a mess. Also, like, Brendan Fraser should have just, like, stayed. That seemed, he seemed like he was having a pretty good life. Like, he, like, yeah. and if, like, again, it's this assumption that because he's gay, he could never be happy because he's gay like i'm like it seems like you have a nice house like and (laughs) and a boyfriend who is ready to forgive you for about to be cheating on him like (laughs) for some reason with the person in the bedroom like and he was like yeah it's fine also like that's a good observation caitlin because if we take these lives and we compare them to the life that he was living Working at some fucking cubicle company mm-hmm. with a bunch of people mm-hmm. who fucking hate him, not having no love in his life. Now he gets to be an intelligent, cool, smart guy who um, people love and he's the mm-hmm. life of the party. Everywhere he goes, everybody's on his, you know, ass. And then he goes home. He has a partner who fiercely loves him. Right. That life is so much better than the life that Brendan has. So much. And I love right. they were just trying to be like, but gay. And it's but like, do gay, you know how many so gay people are out there? Get happy out of there. as fuck? Like, ew. <laughs> it... And then, and then the second he gets out of that wish, he immediately starts saying a ton of homophobic stuff to Elizabeth Hurley. And she's yes. kind of like, tee hee hee. Wasn't Ugh. that a funny joke? And you're like, no, Elizabeth, it, it wasn't. wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. So um, the next wish is the President Lincoln one. And I. This is kind of corny. Like, yeah. Corny ass joke. Yes. The only way it could have been worse is if they did JFK. Like, oh, right. sure. I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, my main note with that scene was that it was boring. And <laughs> I was glad it was short. It was short. And then his final wish is the wish for Allison to have a happy life which we don't like see play out even right which i'm like does that mean that her diary comes true and she's like i want to have a nice man and live in a and and that's the end that's it also the fact that his last wish is for a girl who he hasn't spoke to in four years not your mama not not you know (laughs) he's like that lady who i stalk i hope she has a good life (laughs) like yeah 
Which her having a good life would mean probably never coming in contact with you again, right. Brendan Fraser. Like you stand in hell. Which at least she is maybe granted. Like at least he. But it's like so. Yeah, it's so bare minimum y of like the way that his soul is liberated from hell is by vaguely wanting someone he has been stalking for four years to have a nice life. Right. Like that. Could you ask for less? But then Elizabeth Hurley is like, wow, what a king. Like, what an amazing yeah. man. Holy cow. To have made this, like... The uh, bar is on the floor. Really, is. The bar is in hell. Right, the <laughs> bar like, is in hell, literally. At least they told above. us that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, speaking of bare minimum stuff, I guess I appreciated and wasn't expecting this to happen where... Brendan Fraser, when he, again, just goes and does what he should have done from the very beginning, which is just try to talk to her Mm -hmm. and, like, see if she might want to get some coffee with him sometime. And she's like, but he's like, you know, I don't I don't know you at all, but I'd like to get to know you. So at least he's like acknowledging that he doesn't know her and that I guess the reason that she's so inconsistent between from like wish to wish is that. He doesn't know those her. are just like mm-hmm. those projections. We talked about this in our Inception episode. Where, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Whoa. Wild connection. Yeah. Like the character of Maul was really weirdly characterized, but it's mo- it's because it was just like Leonardo DiCaprio's character's projection of her that rather than like a real person. I hate that writing hack of like, well, I don't need to write a female character if I write a man thinking about what he thinks a female character w- could be like <laughs> right. and being then wrong. we don't have to write about women at all. We don't have to ask right. them no questions because mm-hmm. this is the idea that a man had about a woman. Oh, right. Do you not want to speak to your wife or sister that bad? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like, the, the fucking loophole that they find. We don't do pillow talk over here. I turn on my oh. side. <laughs> <laughs> brutal yeah i did i did i was genuinely surprised that he doesn't end up with her at the end Mm -hmm. but then i was um you know immediately brought back to earth well he just ends up with a different version a different woman that we don't know anything about (laughs) which is also a message they're basically like miss one bus next to 15 one coming okay just like the (laughs) other one you won't know nothing about her and she'll be just as hot, men. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So it was like 500 days of summary, like the end yes. where it's like, oh, this man is, I mean, even if he's not entitled to this woman, he's entitled to a woman. So we better get one in the mix. And you're just like, <laughs> is he though? Like, doesn't he need to like work on himself a right, little why bit? Why can't he just like, go home and lay in the bed and then like be like, what a day. Or so I look like we don't need to see him with another one. He don't deserve no woman. What has he done no. to get a woman? Mm-hmm. Nothing. He's like, I, I want the girl I stalked to have a nice life. But I'm just like, oh, <sighs> he should have wished for a therapist. He should have wished for like just anything that would have allowed him to like reflect upon his life and his choices right if he ends on a therapy couch and he's like yeah i've been stalking a girl for four years you know like <laughs> that makes more sense to me and he, even then he could fall in love with the therapist i would i would be like oh that's a funny joke but <laughs> like it's better than like somebody get this man a woman <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so like it's so annoying and yeah i don't know the whole allison thing it's just exhausting like she you could 
and and they, it made me like interested in like how was this movie marketed and the way it was marketed was basically like the tagline was like how far will this man go for the woman he loves and it's like loves? he doesn't love her he doesn't know her mm-hmm. how far does he go i don't know the devil's just fucking around with him for most of the movie in <laughs> like but that was how it was presented like how far would you go for the person you love even that though it's a stranger know. that he's that barely <laughs> met and never talked to I wonder as an actress, like how that job was for the woman who played Allison. Was she just like, oh, this is an easy check? Because I mean, they showed up. She had to show up and basically do nothing, <laughs> say nothing, <laughs> have no emotions, have no choices. <laughs> just <laughs> a bunch like, of wigs. Right. They were like, just, just stand here. Okay, put on this wig. Okay, put on this wig. <laughs> okay, like- I know. It's so bleak. It's like, oh, God. Uh,. Well, <laughs> well, does anyone have any, any other uh, stuff to bring yeah, up? Yeah, one this? quick thing. In the beginning, when Brendan Fraser doesn't believe this devil woman, mm-hmm. and he is kind of, he's like, oh, you must be a Scientologist. Uh, oh, you must be. Basically, there's like sex worker shaming um, oh, yeah. because she's like, she brings up business. And then he thinks because she says that, she's a sex worker it's like i only did that once and i didn't mean to yeah and it was oh it was it was an accident and she's like "Ooh, no i'm not and then she uses the word hooker right and it's just uh a very much of the of the time yeah right which is always gonna just be gross to me because it's like oh a woman can have as much sex as she wants for free but then when she's like put a little money on a nightstand all of a sudden she's nasty the fuck out of here that's just something men made up because they want to pay if men had pussy it would be on the stock market i'm sick of this shit (laughs) we'd be buying and selling it like gamestop right now god damn (laughs) i love sex workers i just want to make that very fucking clear that shit is fucking weird (laughs) <laughs> yes but yeah and then i love how they're doing the internalized misogyny because the woman is saying it. he's like oh no that's not what i want miss ma'am yeah. and she's like oh mm-hmm. that's gross i'd never be that kind of woman i love men and i'll have sex for free <laughs> yeah that's another that's that's there's like one of the writing i mean there's every word is a writing issue right but like how the writers of this movie very often like give the like really toxic protagonist permission to do stuff through mm-hmm. a woman like mm-hmm. i hate that shit so much it bothers me and they i'm like you think i don't notice larry <laughs> harold and peter but i do <laughs> those literally names. the fact that larry harold and peter like that just brings it all into perspective you're like oh from the guy that brought you fucking caddyshack an attempt mm. to write a female character it's just not going to happen i will say that uh peter tolan is a is a gay man mm. uh so there was a uh gay writer on no. this movie but so he wrote th- he probably got bullied i feel bad for him now because that gay scene he, he <sighs> they must have been like yeah peter this is your territory you write this you know how gross your people are he's like okay <laughs> like it had to have been like awful I, or otherwise he's very much internalizing self-hatred because well that's that scene- I was, what i'm not well see that's the thing i i am not sure if peter tolan was out when this movie came out because he was married to a woman for many years um had a couple of kids in a uh very straight marriage and then came out as gay later i wasn't able to find like when that was i would i would assume he may not have been out when this movie was released but 
Um, and if he wrote yeah. that part, it makes a little more sense. Not yeah, really. It doesn't. Know. I'm, I'm not, trying to. It's still <laughs> homophobic. To, no, it doesn't make but, it more sense. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> there's. I mean, let's not forget too that like even if he was out, there's still internalized homophobia. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like the same way there's internalized Absolutely. sexism. All that. Like God, wi- women have written some really fucked up movies about, about women. Yeah. Women. Yeah. <laughs> So, I I mean I'm still unlearning like internalized misogyny that like oh, was very oh, much yeah. like Absolutely. what was ingrained into my brain as a person growing up with movies like Bedazzled. Look, Beyonce <laughs> may be at Girls Run the World and all that now, but I remember mm. there was a time when Beyonce had a song called nasty put some clothes on i told you don't walk out your house without your clothes on i told you she said they don't want no hot female that's been around the block female you nasty girl that was Mm. the original nasty girl and you'll never hear beyonce sing it and Beyonce, i'm sorry to bring this up don't have the hive after me i love you queen i'm just saying (laughs) we all grow we all grow we all all have internalized misogyny Right. So there is so it, it was uh you know co-written by a gay man and there's still a very homophobic scene. scene. Two things can be true. Two oh things yeah, can be true, especially because yeah. like that this was popular to do in 2000. This was popular oh, to yeah. do in 2010. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's only pretty recently that people like, the that? masses are getting more aware of like how problematic jokes like this and, and storylines like this yeah like, we can't have any were. fun anymore and i'm like how many that's always the weird thing to me especially like yeah. comedians and other older people being like well all this cancel culture and all this stuff we can't even have any fun anymore i'm like how many times do you need to hear the same joke that's punchline asian or punchline gay or pu- you've heard that joke a million times you don't want to hear a new joke even right. if the joke was slapping even if you're like oh this racism is like you've already <laughs> heard it right so you don't Mm -hmm. want a new joke that maybe is not as terrible i don't get that logic at all (laughs) it's so fucking weird and it's like this this team is very like that i mean and i don't i mean you know commenters could correct me if i but like this is the team that brought you you know ghostbusters stripes caddyshack national lampoons vacation groundhog mm. day like a lot of very popular considered to yeah. be classic comedies that very woke get, comedies they're, <laughs> like they're not known for so the fact that they're now you know in their like 60s and still trying to make this shit happen it just like ugh, it's such a bummer mm-hmm. it does not work yes that's my little context so, corner so th- thank you so much um yeah does anyone have any other final thoughts about bedazzled elizabeth hurley was fun <laughs> she was fun i always love a good elizabeth hurley performance she's got cool outfits she has great <laughs> she looked i love her, her shirt where it's rhinestones and it says bad, bad. i was like that's fun she also she um she antagonizes a cat in that scene as well she she there's that's a cat because allison has a cat and she goes <sighs> to the cat and the cat's like Meow. she's the devil it was my favorite part of the movie <laughs> red leather bodysuit really enjoyed mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm. um really loved the dv8 hell club besides the weird uh dancing videos in the back i was like a club with mm. a pool and then like the, i was like oh 
fun. It, it was, was so fun. like 2000 where you're like, I'm not even going to think about the germs. Right. Oh, my God. Can you imagine getting into lukewarm, soupy water with strangers now? Oh, my uh, God. Phone parties. Uh, how close I was to everyone at Coachella. I tried to watch Homecoming, and it was giving me anxiety because everyone's so close. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> That was the Mr. Krabs meme. (laughs) Well, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? (laughs) No. 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 I honestly forgot to pay close enough attention, but I do not think it does. I watched like the first two scenes and I'm like, no. There were never enough women in the scene to pass it. Except for when he made out with Elizabeth or she made out with him and there was those two women and then they were like, one woman got to speak. She she probably got bumped up from background to uh, featured player that day and she got (laughs) one line. And then the other girl didn't get to say card. nothing. And then they're like, scram, right. get out of here, women. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the scenes where there's women together, it's that where El- Elizabeth Hurley evicts two nameless women from the scene. <laughs> right. And then there's the scene where Allison and Elizabeth Hurley are technically in the same room, but Allison can't see her. Right. So it doesn't. There's another scene where two women are fighting over Brendan Fraser at Club Deviate, but they are unnamed and talking, talking about, about a man. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. And also talking uh, to him for the most part. She's like, I want to dance with you. No, I want to dance with you. Right. They're not even talking with each other. Yeah. Those are the only scenes that I can recall where women are even interacting. Yeah. Oh, I did want to bring up really quick with Brendan Fraser. He has a very, he's had a, I mean, his career has been very up and down over the years, but I did want to shout him out because he was one of the, um, one of the few men in Hollywood who spoke out about being sexually harassed um, in the mm-hmm. 90s. He was sexually harassed by a very famous executive and like felt a lot of shame about it for many years. And then um, kind of came forward with it in the last couple of years which I feel like it's it's like it's hard for everyone but I feel like on top of the like you know stigmatization of being abused the like hyper masculine expectations on top of that like I think it's really cool and admirable that he came forward with it so and then did it the right way because when terry cruz did that shit terry fucking cruz titty dancer number one um (laughs) (laughs) and by that i mean like he moves his pecs up and down guys um (laughs) right Uh, every movie he's like in there's a scene for my titties to dance no we added in um (laughs) like he came out remember and he talked about a producer gra- you know grabbing him inappropriately and mm-hmm. then as soon as black women swelled the groundswell of support for him black men were being kind of toxic and like kind of I mean very um, and he kind of backtracked he was like I'm sorry black men y'all were right uh, da, 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 da. and we we're like what oh, no. what mm-hmm. and so he couldn't even he, st- he stood in it for a little while and then he completely oh Terry's a nightmare human um, he threw <sighs> oh, us under God. the bus so quick he's up there with Omarosa for me I'm just like wow so you just not you gonna sell us out this hard all right bro <laughs> god that's yeah. so, so yeah as far brendan. as i know brendan has you know maintained his truth and also like talked about how all this you know all the shame that came with it and how oh. he felt like it affected his career because he said something at the time internally it probably did Back yeah then he had to play the game because he really was i mean he was like in 2000 he was a fucking huge movie star and then he fell off and it was mm-hmm. you know all kind of lined up with the time he was speaking out about it to like his 
you know, inner team or like he sent a letter to I, I I'll I'll link in the description, like his full description, but it mm-hmm. sounded like a nightmare and I'm glad he said something. As someone who works in Hollywood, I'm not famous enough to speak out about the bad things that happened to me. So there are tons of bad things that happened to me and I'm just like, well, <laughs> bad things are going to keep happening for a little bit. You got to be really fuck. You got to be like fucking Tom Cruise or like our favorite white man, Tom Hanks, who somehow had the most wild ass son, Chet Hanks. How did that happen? How did uh-huh. your loins <laughs> spring forth, Chet Hanks? We'll never know. Blood clot. Um, but yeah, you have to be really powerful or you can't say yeah. shit. And it's still true to this yeah. day because I could say something and I wouldn't have no career no more, honey. I need these checks. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, shout out to him. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Damn. Well, back to Bedazzled, sucks. which is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> On a high note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, shall we rate? Yeah, let's rate it on our nipple scale, zero to five nipples, based on an examination of intersectional feminism. <laughs> you know what? With Bedazzled, um, <laughs> I just think it probably has to... I, mean, I would give it maybe like a half nipple, because at least the devil who is played by a woman mm. is highly motivated and has agency and like does some stuff in the in the movie kind of <laughs> it's true <laughs> and it, again we said it before we'll say it again elizabeth hurley was fun to watch in that role she's always fun but other than that it's a mess in every regard mm-hmm. just one problematic joke or wish or sketch or whatever after another so one half nipple and i'm going to give it to orlando jones because i think he's very funny and i loved him in office space <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a zero from me i don't <laughs> i don't there i i i like i like elizabeth hurley's performance uh she's i love her outfits she's a fashion icon um and the movie is just it's so weird it's such a strain that i just yeah it's gonna be zero there I, I feel like they really thought they did something by making the devil a woman and i don't want to reward that behavior mm. uh so I, it's just gonna be a zero i have no nipples to give yeah uh, this is the first time I've ever done this on this show, but it's also going to be a zero for me. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I, I honestly would have gave it half a nip if they had made God a woman, too. Oh, yeah. And that would have passed the Bechdel test, probably, because they yeah. ta- they do talk at the end, kind Cause of. If Because man being God and woman being the devil, like Elizabeth, you did your thing. You were very British. You were so British. <laughs> it was delicious how British you were. Um. And I love that for you. And I love that leather jumpsuit that you wore, the red one. It was popping. Your body was fire. Uh, Like, hell, go ahead, girl. But I can't (laughs) give it no stars or nipples because it just, god damn, it's so bad on so many levels. Like, the message is just garbage. And it's very pro-incel and pro, like, Mm. 
Brendan Fraser's character was an asshole. It wasn't just that he was nerdy. He was a dick. I'm friends with mad nerds. I think that a lot of times people who are nerds feel like it's the nerdy side of them that people don't like. And a lot of times, sometimes it is. Like sometimes you're just genuinely being bullied by people and that's not right. But I find the people mm-hmm. who never find their tribe, the people who never find people that can they can fuck with, it's because you're an asshole. Because I got nerds <laughs> who roll deep, who they got the homies, they got nerd events, they doing all types of nerdy shit all around town okay Mm -hmm. and so if you can never find your tribe it probably has more to do with like you being an asshole like this guy was he was a dick and a nerd and a creep and a weirdo and a stalker and then at Mm -hmm. the end he gets rewarded with a bad bitch neighbor no Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no thanks okay i'm gonna drop my nipple rating down to zero as well (laughs) no 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 i should have just done that from the beginning no elizabeth was good though i see why you gave her a little nip she was good yeah she was she was good but it doesn't the movie doesn't deserve any nippleage so yeah uh well Lacey, thank you so much it's it's always a pleasure to have you yes always happy to be here always so fun where can people check out your stuff, follow you online, etc.? Yes. So if you like comedy and robbery, you can listen to my podcast, Scam Goddess Podcast, and that's wherever you get your podcast. Um, and if you want to follow me and my nonsense, that's D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms, including Clubhouse. I'm trying to get messy. Ooh, <laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to get canceled. Great. Wait, I don't even Great. know what that is. I, I'm i so you know old and behind. Is? Yeah. I'm, oh, my God. I'm, I'm about old. to invite you to Clubhouse, Caitlin, because you got to. Okay. I'm going to invite you to Clubhouse. I'm going I'm to send it to you. I have your number, right? I'm going to send it to you. Um, yeah. Because it's like just an app where people it's almost like a podcast but like a ton of fucking people just get to talk and okay. it's it's fun celebrities get on there they ruin their lives it's just it's such <laughs> a good time the rooms are fun okay well um yes thank you so much for being here come back anytime you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, not Clubhouse but whew, maybe that'll change <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Bechtelcast, you can check out our Patreon, a.k.a. Matreon, at patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. It gets you two bonus episodes every single month, plus the whole back catalog of bonuses. It's $5 a month. What more could you ask for? Um, And I guess in conclusion, we wouldn't recommend watching this movie. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's, I kind of miss the version of me that didn't know it existed. Oh, yeah. no! I feel bad! I'm personally responsible. She was so young. No, she was so no. young. I mean, we, we got this episode out of it, and that's it's true. a good thing. We're so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> oh, Alright, bye everyone! Bye! Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.